All right, last week we uh, shared the vision for the church, which is faith for today. And what that's about is about a daily walk with Jesus, about trusting him for today. We don't have to worry about tomorrow. Jesus says tomorrow's got enough cares of its own, so let's just walk with him today. And that's what makes all the difference. Now, last week you were given... And if you weren't here, please take one from the front because I really want to encourage you in this. It was, it's just it's like a diary, but on the front it says faith for today because what is, I would really like everyone to do, and I'm, this is the challenge, I guess, is that <clears throat> you will each day, this is my first week, and each day you'll go in and you'll declare, what am I trusting Jesus for today? And it's really good because as I did this each morning, I thought about the day ahead and what was in the day, and I then said, all right, Lord, I trust you for this. I trust you for what's going to happen in this circumstance. There were some difficult circumstances. I said, I trust you, Jesus, that you are going to give me the words to say, that you are going to give me wisdom in working out what I need to do in this. I trust you for that. And as I look back over the week, and I was just reading it this morning in my devotions, I really thought, wow, yes, God, you have been so faithful. See, it's a daily walk. It's a trust walk, and and it's for today. And God gives you what you need for today. So if you weren't here and you haven't got it, then please take one from the front. If you were here and haven't used it yet, let me keep encouraging you. It's a really helpful thing. It just can be one sentence. Like my first one was one sentence. This day was obviously a big day because it was filled up. So obviously there were a lot of things I had to trust Jesus for that day. But that's good because it it helps me to get in a place of trust before I go into the day. And that's really important that we walk. And God has given us his promises that we've been singing this morning. He's given us his promises before we go into the day so that we can rely on him. And then we can walk trusting him. We trust who he is. We need to remember who God is. He is holy. He is incredibly strong. He is all-knowing. He is all-powerful. He's everywhere present. God is with us. And so as we walk in the truth of who God is, then we can trust him. It's not just like a thing you've got. It's not positive thinking. I want you to understand this is not training your mind to try and think in a certain way. This is depending on God himself every day in your walk with him. And it's just for today. And then when tomorrow comes, then we'll look at tomorrow. All right, are you with me in that? So let's encourage each other in that walk. Share some of the, the, the victories that you get along the way. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We're actually going to have um, Beck and Warwick who are going to share with us their trust walk, their journey with Jesus. And you know, at, when in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, now... Now means today, now, right at this moment. Now, faith is the evidence of things not seen. So we can't see God literally, but we can see the evidence of his hand. And so testimony is a great thing to encourage us because it gives evidence of what we can't physically see. And so today I've asked Beck and Warwick to share their story because I think it is evidence of God at work. It shows that the evidence of the unseen. And so let's encourage them. They both feel a bit nervous, so we want them to feel at ease, don't we? 
You imagine how you would feel if you had to be up here? That's how they're feeling, all right? So if you imagine that, but they are trusting Jesus for today, aren't you? And yes, Warwick says. <laughs> and uh, so that's really good. So Warwick and Beck, tell us a little bit about yourself. Just generally introduce yourself to everyone for those who may not know you. Um, I was brought up in a, a Christian household. I went to Sunday school. I did those things. I also remember going to Sunday school and mum and dad staying at home. I think that was a cop out, but that's all right. Are they here? Yeah. <laughs> um, in year seven, I became a Christian at school camp and um, there was lots of other things going along in my family's life at that time and I think it was just the right time. Um, I, I knew of God, but that's when I became a Christian. That's, I, I distinctly remember, still remember, um, standing with the, the teacher and another mate of mine and becoming a Christian. And that, that journey began there. Um, over you know, years going by, I, I have walked that life and, and, and uh, you know, being a teenager, I rebel, I grew a disgusting mullet and, and, and you, you do those, those things that you do as teenagers and that, that never changed, that, that, that love of God, that acceptance and, and knowing that that was the right thing for me. Um, you know, life went on and you know, it was not always easy um, have um, have kids along the way and you know, I had a, a marriage that didn't work and that was tough but that never changed my faith and, and who I thought God was great. Um, and then I met my absolute best friend in the world and I got to marry her so <laughs> Um, and I, I inherited three amazing daughters, and then we have a, our son Everest, um, who just heard his name mentioned. Um, and and that is an amazing blessing, and I wouldn't change that for the world. And my hope and and. And prayer is that these children that we have understand that love that I have. And, and, and that's kind of me. Um, just hold it close. A bit like microphones. <laughs> uh, so I'm Beck. Uh, so Warwick, a little bit about us, I guess. Um, we're both high school teachers. Um, we both teach at St Phillips. Um, we've been married for seven years this year. Yeah, um, obviously kids work's talked about. Um, I, I'm one of three girls. So I have two sisters. Uh, one's here today as well. Um, and my, my story is probably a little bit different to Warwick's. Um, Mum became a Christian when I was uh, 10. Uh, when my little sister was born. Um, and I probably, I just remember 
not really understanding kind of what it was all about. Um, and when, when Mum became a Christian, when Rach was born, um, she suffered really badly from postnatal depression for quite a few years. So she really kind of lost who she was. Um, and I don't think I really realised at the time, but I think that kind of played into my understanding of what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to go to church, um, was that you kind of left your old life behind. And, and in a way, you kind of do, but... Um, yeah, I think I, I thought that it meant being someone that you're not and only having friends that are Christians and trying really hard to be who who you're supposed to be um, and not actually being the person I guess God created you to be. That that's, They're not different people, if that makes sense. Um, so I think that's probably a little bit of my journey. Um, but I guess, yeah, that, that understanding probably changed um, yeah, about 12 months ago. Okay, so you, um, obviously you've had this journey separately and then together, and then you said, just then you said, until 12 months ago. So things were just going along, and what happened 12 months ago that changed all of that? Um, so, like, obviously, I, I did become a Christian in that's in there. Um, not in the last 12 months before that. Um, and like Warwick and I, from well, before we got married, we would sit and pray together and um, you know sh- share things with each other. Like we ha- we've always had a really good relationship like that. Um, and, and we've seen miracles. Um, and yeah, so even before the last 12 months. But yeah, about 12 months ago, um, I think I got to the end of term one and. I just, I was just tired all of the time. I, I felt like I would just muddle up my words or couldn't think of the right words to say. Brain fog, I suppose, is the best um, term that comes to mind. And just just exhausted, just generally exhausted. I remember saying to work, like, I'm so tired, but I lay awake all night. Like, what's wrong with me? Um, and so we were about to go camping um, in our van. So I went to Kurong thought I'll get a couple of books and probably really selfishly, actually my, my motive was really selfish, I thought the, the book will fix it. Um, and I didn't even know what I was looking for, but I found the book uh, called To Hell With The Hustle by Jefferson Bethke. Um, and so I, I read that, um, and I don't, I don't love to read, uh, but when we go camping I always try and just slow the pace a little bit. So yeah, I read this book and um, Paul Warwick, he was trying to read his own book and I'm like, just listen to this, listen to this. Like, and, um, listen, like, oh my goodness, like social media and uh, information overload. And I just felt like every page in this book, I just couldn't put it down. Um, it's like it just completely was exactly what I needed to hear, but it didn't give me any answers as such. I think the biggest thing that stood out to me was, um, so there's a concept in the book and it talks about your margin. Um, so the, the space between the load that you're carrying and then your limit being the ability that you have to carry that load. And I just realised that we, I just had no margin. Um, I was just trying everything in my own strength and um, I guess not at the time, but looking back now, I realised that you know Jesus can't be a part of your life if you don't make room for him. Um, so yeah, I think for me that was what changed about, yeah, 12 months ago. So Warwick, when she kept interrupting you and talking to you, what sort of was your response to all of this? 
initially I was frustrated. <laughs> I just want to. I'm, I'm dyslexic and I don't read well at all. But every, when we go away, the, our goal is we always slow down. So I take a book and it takes me ages. And I just frustrated going, oh, forget it. Okay, I'm not going to read. What do you want to tell me? What, what, what am I missing here? And then Beck started telling me this stuff and I'm like, and every chapter was, it wasn't just written for her, it was written for us and our lives and where we were. And my level of frustration in not reading my book was my level of frustration is I can't read this book quick enough. Um, and so my solution for that was to find the podcast. <laughs> and so um, it was really interesting because you know, Beck mentioned margin and, and this margin that we have had disappeared and we were doing everything and we were so busy doing everything, the very thing that we needed we'd pushed aside and that was Jesus. It wasn't on purpose, it wasn't, it was just life and we got so busy and we got, I was just gobsmacked by, oops, what have we done? So I think in, in the podcast, one thing that really stood out to us was um, how much time that uh, our phones were taking. Um, like we would, you roll out of bed and open up social media, and it's the last thing you look at before you go to bed at night, or you check your emails. Um, and there was a few things in the book that sort of, and, and the podcast um, that we thought, all right, well, I don't see how this, this is going to. This, this was our attitude. Probably not going to fix anything, but we'll give it a go. Um, so we started, uh, obviously, listening to that podcast. Um, and for us, we, you know, we have four children and we both work. So to get out of the house by 10, 20 past seven every morning means getting up at like five, five fifteen. So we started, we committed to start doing that. Um, and then out of that podcast, we thought, well, what other ones can we find? Um, so that, that was our, I guess, our first step that we just committed to, okay, we'll get up and we'll listen to a podcast and we won't touch our phones. Um, and then same at night. Um, didn't come for a little bit longer, like we put the phone down and didn't touch it, but once we started listening to some more podcasts, um, Steve Furtick particularly, the Bible started, I guess, intriguing us, um, like it came to life. So instead of our phone at night, we started to read our Bible. Um, so it, it's kind of embarrassing to say that, you know, you're a Christian for however many years and these disciplines, we'll call them, weren't part of our life. Um, but we honestly didn't expect, I don't know what we expected in doing it, but it really did transform um, our lives. It was like a catalyst, I guess. Um, yeah. Um, through just the basic things that we decided every day we'll start with Jesus, we'll start with a podcast, we'll start with worship music, we'll start mm. something. You know, our house is hectic of a morning, so rather than, you know, when the kids are ready and they're sitting on the lounge and they're starting to, we put worship music on just to try and change the, the tone of our morning. Mm. Um, it, and it, it works. Mm. Um, it's something that has been, you know, over the last 12 months, it's really made a change to our day. We start with Jesus. We, we, we listen to worship music as a choice on purpose to get this 
this fresh start for every day. Mm. It, it, and please don't hear that it's always like calm and the peace of Jesus <laughs> at our house because it's not. Um, and our children will also tell you that. But it definitely helps with the ability to respond and not react. Um, but yeah. So as you went along, obviously you're hearing more from, from the Lord in through his teaching, through worship, that sort of thing. Was there any particular teaching that stood out to you that God has really used, or maybe some, not just maybe, obviously not just one, but is there any you'd like to share with us, some of the stuff that God was saying to you at that along this last 12 months? Well, we, we didn't get a choice. <laughs> Everything we started listening to had the story of the woman with the issue of blood. And this story, you know, we heard it, and we're like, oh yeah, okay, we, we, we both got something out of that. And then the next day we listened to somebody else and guess what? And we both got something out of that, but something different. And then even at Staff Chapel at school, <laughs> was another day and that's what Helen was talking on. And I, she did this thing where she revealed a picture slowly and all we saw was this one little square of this picture and I leaned over to Beck and said, guess what this is going to be? Yeah. <laughs> and it was. And it was. And, and it kind of got my mind going as to I'm getting so many different things out of this one story. Beck's getting so many different things out of this story and we're sharing them with each other, but what else are we missing? There's, there's so many other stories that are in the Bible that we haven't touched yet. And we're getting so much out of this. And every day, this one story, and you know, we listen to a podcast a week later, and a reference was made back to the same story. And we're like, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. And, and <clears throat> what, what are the, one of the main things came back to was Jesus had a fantastic margin. He was always going somewhere and got interrupted. And we kept coming back to this we have to have a better margin in our life so that if we get interrupted, we are available. That's good. And, yeah. um, so I remember talking to Jess, who went to Jess and Luke's one, one evening, and um, we were telling her about this and saying, like, it just is, like, in our face everywhere. And I just remember her saying to me, like, just, just stay on it. Stay, keep seeking. Um, and it's not a concept that I'd ever... I'd never really had a want to read the Bible. Um, I mean, I'd read the Bible, but I'm a little—I'm a little bit of an achiever. Um, that's one of my top strengths. So I like to do—I <laughs> like to do things to get it done, and I like to do it well. Um, so when I didn't really understand the Bible or it didn't come to life for me, I found that frustrating. It was more like a, I'll read it so that I can say that I've done that, um, and. That's so the wrong attitude, and that's probably why it wasn't coming to life. So I was so encouraged when Jess said that to me to stay on it, um, and I just kept reading it, different accounts, different versions. Um, and I, I won't read the whole verse, but I did a little bit like of investigating into it. And it says the, it talks about the background of the story is that because of the issue of blood she'd been plagued with for years, she was considered unclean by society or an outcast, if you will. Um, and this just, I feel like this just changed my life. Um, Jesus didn't just heal her. He publicly called her daughter. And I think for the first time, I'm also not a crier until the last 12 months. <laughs> for the first time, 
I felt like I got what the heart of Jesus is to just that, that he just loves like our past our the things that society judges us for or the things that I'm my own worst enemy I'll judge myself harder than anyone ever will but Jesus sees past all of that um, you know Simon who we'd later call Peter um, he chose him because he saw past the way past the way that Simon acted and he saw Peter he saw who Peter actually is and who he called him to be um, and I think for the first time that came to life for me so yeah are there any other things in in these you know in this time that God really spoke into your spirit that really has made a difference to you um, so I think one conversation that we've had several times is that um, we both have this misconception almost that blessing was in like blessing is like all the good things that you know is heaped out heaped out on you like a pay rise or a promotion or you know whatever um, but I think for the first time we started to realize that blessing was actually in the everyday moments um, you know we had some we had to walk a really hard season um, and one that like, we didn't we didn't know how to walk um, and that worship music like it was it was almost like God had been speaking to our hearts and preparing us for this so that you know I, there was a song that we were listening to it's called gratitude by Brandon Lake um, and there's a line in it that says come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up my lift up your song because you've got a line inside of your lungs and I just remember singing that out because I, I didn't have the words. I didn't know what to say. I didn't, I didn't know what to pray. Um, but for the first time, I guess, it, it was okay. Like, I, I didn't, as much as I felt alone, I knew I wasn't alone and I could feel that, that presence, I guess. Um, so it was almost like the disciplines that we had been doing every day were the very things that even though we felt like we were walking what was hell on earth, it was like those things were the things that were going to carry us through that season. Um, and it was literally just like the faith for today. Like we, we couldn't see a way out. We didn't, we didn't know how to manage it. Um, it was literally just probably not even faith for today, faith for this moment, faith for the yeah. next thing. Um, and that's, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we, we, we did this journey and, and life was tough. And, and you know, we, we got up at five in the morning and we didn't speak. <laughs> Say good morning. We were not upset with each other. It was just like <laughs> we didn't speak because we didn't. We didn't have anything. Uh, like we had nothing. No, no understanding of how we were going to do this. Mm. We just got up, went out to the garage, put something on, and we got a, a little home gym and we just did a workout in the garage, and that was the start of the day. We just did it. I, I honestly believe a couple of times during this it was just because that's what we do just to get through the day and it wasn't until a little bit later and you look back and you think I don't have the faith for that I still don't have the faith for, for that journey mm. 
but I have the trust in God that he's there and he will get me through it and it will be okay. It, it, it will be something down the track that we can look back on and know God's blessing in that. Mm. And, and that was the, the, the new realisation that that blessing is not the good things. Mm. You know? the, the, as you said, the, the promotion, the whatever, it is God with us every day and holding our hand and dragging us through some of those things. And, and I think um, one of those days that was, you know, we literally dragged ourselves out of bed, um, we listened to listened to Steve, uh, Steve Furtick message um, that morning and he was talking about uh, the passage in the Bible where the disciples went out into the boat in the storm um, and he was saying that he had visited the mountain where Jesus would have been standing um, when, when this was happening um, and, and he sort of said that where the disciples would have been and where Jesus was standing that Jesus actually would have been able to see what was happening that whole time, even though the disciples couldn't see him because they were in a storm. And it was just like this incredible comfort, um, like it just pierced both of our hearts that it was like, we're in a storm and we, we can't see where, what God's purpose is in it. We can't see what we're supposed to do in it um, or what's going to come out of it. But we just were like, it's like God sees us, Jesus sees us in every moment of our life. And it's not something I'd ever felt or understood before. So in the most painful season, I just felt like this promise was there that he just, he sees me. He sees my family, he sees, and this is in the middle of lockdown when we were not seeing anyone. Like there was no one else to rely on. Um, and that was, so encouraging. Mm, that's great. And so really the blessing, blessing is God himself, isn't it? It's Jesus with us is the blessing, as you said, Warwick. And I think when we realise that, then we don't rely on blessing being about circumstances or things, but about a person, the presence of, of, of God in our lives, our relationship with him. And I think that was something you were sharing with me the other night. You were saying that for a long time in as Christians that you had this, you knew about being a Christian, like, but that really what you have gained in the last 12 months is about a relationship. Would that be right? Absolutely. You know, I, this last 12 months has been terrifying and it's been awesome. It has been such a great journey. Um, as I said, I met my best friend and I married her. When I, when I have great news that I want to share with somebody, I pick up the phone and I talk to Beck. When I have a rotten day, I want to talk to Beck. But the change in our relationship by walking this faith journey together, I've never experienced before. And it is awesome. I, I, I cannot encourage you enough to be on a journey with your partner, it is just unbelievable. And if you don't have a partner yet, be praying for that. Like, like for my kids, I want their partner to be someone who will walk this journey with them. I want them to have this amazing relationship. For the last 12 months, we have just grown so much closer and, and our relationship is so much stronger because we're walking this journey together. 
And I think you said that, that um, it's not a relationship of two anymore. No, that's right. It's, you know, we, we had this great marriage and individually we had a great relationship with Jesus. But the three of us now have this relationship together where we can stop. You know, Beck said something to me the other day and I said, well, uh, all we can do is pray about it. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we don't have an answer for this thing that's in front of us at the moment and we don't know how it's going to turn out. But that's okay because we know we have Jesus as part of this and we know we have a faith that we'll get over this one and then we'll look at the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, looking back now, we probably couldn't see it at the time, but even over the last 12 months, just the way that God has positioned the people that we've needed in the time that we've needed them. Um, and like I just... That wasn't through anything that I could have done or positioned myself. Um, and you know, even the role I was doing at school last year, um, it, it positioned me. Like I keep looking up and looking at Denise, and like I, I so love Denise Dimmick. Um, so, and I find her like she's such a mentor to me. Even she probably doesn't even realise that I probably just stalk her a little bit more. Than <laughs> Um, but someone that was there that just provided so much wisdom talking into my role at school that I was doing but when you spend time with Jesus and reflect and journal it's like when you've got wise people around you the the words come into your head as well like I said something to Alex um the girls on our year nine team the other day and after I'd said it I was like oh that was Denise Dimmick that just um, and like I'm so proud of that because I do find Denise you know, really wise but um, just being so thankful for the the people that he's positioned um, even another girl in our faculty at work that just is we've just felt like she's a bit of a safe space for us yeah. as well and you know more than those two people, obviously, but you know they're not relationships that we sort of went out intentionally seeking. Yeah. Um, they're, they're relationships that Jesus has put for us to learn from, but also, to, oh, okay, it's it's okay, and yeah. you know, we you know, we have have this person at work who we can just open her door, close it, and go, ah, oh, and she said, yep, I felt like that too. Mm. Oh, okay, it's not just us, yeah. and. And it's, it, it's lots of different people around who Jesus has just put in our, our, our way mm. and relationships that have built that we didn't think of. You know, we didn't go out, oh, you know, we should be friends with them or anything like that. It was just a breath of fresh air from Jesus because this person went, it's okay. It's great. It's really that God cares about everything, every yeah. detail of our lives. And I think that's what's important. When we're walking the journey, it's not about just the big things, but it's about every moment. And I think that's important. So now, it's almost 12 months ago. Um, what about this year? What's God teaching right now? So I have had this realisation this year and a new experience of worship. We've been putting this worship music on, we've been purposefully listening to it in the car and all over the place to the point where Beck said to me the other day, I think we need some new music. 
I said, don't stress, I heard there's a new album coming out, so <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I have been involved in worship, it feels like for as long as I can remember. I played the drums, I have been, I was on a worship roster pretty much every week for, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 years. And I learned to worship while I was playing, and that was really good. And then I kind of just fell into this rhythm. And I haven't honestly worshipped in years, lots of years, just because I've been going through the motions. And I was listening to this worship music, and my heart started worshipping anew. And I wasn't playing the drums, I wasn't at church, I wasn't in those traditional places where that happened. And I had this fresh understanding and this fresh want to worship that I haven't felt in, I couldn't tell you how long. And I have felt so renewed in, in a freedom of just being able to stand and worship. You know, and we were mucking around a few times over Christmas and Beck said, oh, you should, no, you should get a drum kit. You should get a, and this is when this realization sort of came to me. It's, it's I actually don't want that because I don't want to fall back into what I was doing. I want this new want of worship that I have to be the new way I worship. And this, this I, I want to own that, I want to hold that tight, and I want to move forward in that to, to feel free to worship wherever, whenever, whenever I need to, or whenever God says you've got nothing left, let's just do that. Yeah, that's great. Um, I... <laughs> So this year I felt really challenged um, and a little bit embarrassed to kind of say that I really felt God challenge me on am I a Christian or am I a disciple? And I never really stopped to even realise that there was a difference. Um, and I shared this at Women's, uh, a little bit of this, um, a, a couple of weeks ago on Zoom. And um, I've just... There's an amazing podcast series by John Mark Comer that I was kind of making my way through in the first week of the year. And that's when I just felt so challenged about this. And it focuses, the idea is around three, three key things, um, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. And it really, I guess, solidified the journey that we had been on, um, mm. that to be with Jesus is, you know, it, it talks about the idea that to be a disciple, another translation is to apprentice. Now, if you want to be, become an apprentice, it doesn't matter how much you want to be an apprentice builder. There's things that you have to do to become a builder. So to disciple, become a disciple or to apprentice Jesus, it doesn't matter how much I want to do it. I actually need to make choices every day. Mm. Um, and he talks about them as being spiritual disciplines. And I guess they were the things we were already doing. Um, but I remember saying to Ree about this, that I'm a bit of a shocker in the school holidays. Um, it's like my routine goes out the window. Um, I sleep in, stay up late. Um, and I just felt like that was God resetting me in the first week of the year to go back to that, like not, not looking back as such, but re-challenging me on, you know, you've been on this journey, mm. it's time to be 
disciple, I guess. Um, and there was one thing that really stood out to me, and it was it's this thought of without him, I can't, but without me, he won't. So he, he's like, he's a gentleman. He doesn't, he won't force his way in, essentially. You know, I have to do the every, I have to make the choices every day. And it's, that's how I become like Jesus, not by trying. Um, you know, I spent my life trying. And there's, that's why there was no growth, because it was the everyday choices. Um, and I think Joel spoke a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, on being salt and light. So do what Jesus did. He didn't um, spend time. You know, for me, I felt really challenged on. It's not spending time, all of my time, with my Christian friends and all of my time in my Christian workplace, um, in in my safe space. Essentially, um, he ate and drunk with sinners and tax collectors and. It's about like, what student in my class is asking for love in the most unloving of ways? Um, what one of my friends, and God puts them on my heart, is do I need to text? Who do I need to invite over for a meal? Um, you know, I think I always looked for the, the big things that um, I thought you know, other Christians do, and I just realized that it's the day to day, the, the love, that's, that's what we're called to do, just to love. Yeah. Um, one of the, the, the comments out of one of these podcasts was, and it just resonated with me so much because my life was, I had this amazing faith of Jesus that I was very happy for other people to work through. <laughs> it was amazing. And the challenge has been that now I have this faith and I need to be available for Jesus to work through me. Mm-hmm. And... Not because I want to, because it's not easy. It hasn't been easy, and it won't be easy. But each day, doing these disciplines and, and being available, Jesus will, will work through us. Amen, amen. What an encouraging testimony to the power of each day walking with Jesus. Let's encourage Beck and Warwick and say thank you. I think a testimony is the is the best example of how we do this, isn't it? We we can certainly we will learn from God Himself, and then when we hear it in practice, it helps us to see it, what it can be, and that's what we want it to be. And so I'm going to pray for Warwick and Beck. I'm going to pray for all of us that we can trust Jesus, that who He is is more than we will ever need, that we will trust him with each day and walk with him in those disciplines of seeking him, hearing from him, trusting him, making it, you know, this is this sort of thing is a discipline. Writing down what you're going to trust Jesus for is a discipline. That might just be the one that God asks you to do this year, a simple thing, but it might be your, you know, that's up to you and God, but opening his word, hearing from him so that you can walk the journey with him. Let's pray. Dear God, our Father, I thank you so much for the way you teach us. I thank you, God, that you love us so much, that you you keep reaching out to us, you keep walking with us. And whether we've, we've known of you for 20 years or five minutes, you're always reaching out for, to us. 
and you want to reveal yourself to us. So we come to that point where we embrace a relationship with you. I thank you, Lord, for the way that you that Warwick and Beck have have walked with you in this relationship, this this new found experience of who you are and how you outwork your purposes in our lives. And I thank you, God, that they have opened themselves. They've, they've created that margin whereby they can listen to you and walk with you. And the fruit of that is evident. We thank you for that. I pray blessing over them, Lord. I pray that you will continue, Holy Spirit, to speak into their spirits, that they will hear directly from you. And that as they hear that, that they will then speak that out and encourage others and that, that they will be salt and light wherever they are so that they can bring your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I thank you for them. I thank you for their family. I pray blessing over them, over their family, their children, Lord. I pray, God, that you'll continue to guide them and lead them and give them wisdom and strength every day. And I pray that, God, for all of us, I pray, God, that we will step into that walk with you today that trusts you for today, that we will look to who you are And if we haven't yet realized that you are the saviour, you are the person who who rescues us and sets us free and gives us the hope of eternal life, that today we will reach out for you to receive that. If we've grown a bit cold or hard in our walk with you, Lord, we know that you love us. You're still calling us daughter, son. You love us and you're reaching out for us. Lord, may we respond in our spirits. May we want more of you every day so that we can truly trust you. I pray that as a community here, Lord, at Northeast, beyond this place, God, that you will really bring your life alive in us. Holy Spirit, that you will move in us in a way that transforms us and that we will, you will be able to trust us with the purposes that you have for us and we can outwork those every day. I thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. I thank you for your promises that we can stand on from day to day and walk with you. And I pray, God, that we will be found faithful every day in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you again. God bless you.